This is Come On Kinds with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Good evening, everybody, and welcome once again into the Come On Kinds podcast with myself, Martin Quilty, and my co-host, as always, the newly named Onya Farrell. Good evening, Onya. Martin, how are you? Great, now yourself? Great, great, great weekend. It was a fantastic weekend and we, because of the weekend, are here for a very special Come On Kind show this evening from the clubhouse here in Larchfield with James Stevens Camogie Club who are going preparing for the All-Ireland Club Final this weekend against Clondove of County Down. And what a great weekend it's going to be. And we have some very special guests here this evening. I'm in royalty with everyone that's here. Angela Downey, pick up that microphone there that's in front of you like a good woman. And Anne, you pick up the blue one that's there as well like a good woman. Of course, it is the Downey twins, Angela and Anne. Good evening, you're very welcome. How are we doing, Martin? Well, Martin, how are you? We are great, thank you very much. You were in UL Limerick at the weekend. We were indeed, we missed it, yeah. Give us your thoughts on the game, first of all. Obviously, you won, but uh, your overall opinion of the match? Oh, fantastic win. Anytime you win and qualify for an All-Ireland Club, All-Ireland final to be played in Croke Park, is always a good day. Um, girls had a great performance, considering they were playing on the AstroTurf, which is probably new to a lot of them. It's not, not an easy pitch to play on. And um, from Lucy in the goal up to full forward there, um, and the subs that came on, Everybody gave it a hundred percent and great win, powerful win. It was a fantastic win, and as you said, to played on the astroturf. I thought even doing the game, the speed of the game was unbelievable. Like it wasn't your classical winter hurling game of Camogie, where there's a slog and the ball is getting dropped and it's in the ground and you have a ruck around it. There's very few rucks, Angela. Very few. Yeah, we were just saying there. Um, maybe it was a blessing in disguise. Um, a lot of the village girls are small. And we were just saying, imagine if it had to be played um, on grass and probably hadn't been cut with a wet ball. Um, it probably wouldn't have suited um, the village girls. But um, in fairness to them, as I said, it was a great performance. Even even trying to take freeze and sideline balls, um, they really adapted well to the conditions and put in super performance. They surely did. And you've been in many, many a club All-Ireland with St. Paul's back in the day as well. I think it was 10 finals in total, club finals you were in. Yeah, a uh, fair few, all right. Uh, St. Paul's, Andley's Downey. Yeah, some great days. Um, it's hard to beat, you know, winning a, a club All-Ireland. Um, you know, it's great to win All-Irelands with your county. But, you know, when you go back to the club and um, you're, you know, you're playing from a pool of players, especially, I suppose, with Liz Downey in the last years, um, the pool of players was fairly small, you know, but we had great days and um, great celebrations after above in the pub in, in Carmel's, you know, that went on. I think the first time we won with Liz Downey, it went on for a week. Um, it was an all Ireland that we probably shouldn't have won, weren't expected to win uh, in 94. We're being well beaten. I think with, I think we were 11 points down with 10 minutes to go. Ended up winning by six. Um, that was a fair turnaround. It was some turnaround, yeah. Ourself here beside me, I scored three something, I think, in the last, I think, five or six minutes. Um, the crowd, even that day, like it was played in Ballaragut and there was a, a merciful crowd, massive crowd at the game and people were leaving. Um, I think when we were down so much, when we were down by the 11 points and they heard the cheer and the turn back, 
and it was some celebrations after, you know. Um, but even the same with St. Paul's, you know, winning, I suppose, the club all learned that we had to go and play without Angela. You know, we were due to play the game tomorrow and they called it off that night, Saturday night. Um, you know, unheard of. Our name not taken, no red card, no yellow card. Uh, and they waited, you know, and waited for, for the last minute to call a central council meeting and suspended her for... for for six months and then we had to go on the second I think it was either the first week in, in December second or the 10th of December to go on to Galway then and play without her um, and again it was a special day you know all the girls really put the shoulder to the wheel the same day and we ended up I think winning by a pint or two um, on that day you know so those are the two games that stick out in my mind you know You've been involved in county and the club itself which would you rather have? I know the club is probably a little bit more special because you're growing up with friends, players that you've been there with years and you started together. So out of the whole lot of the, the All-Irelands and the club All-Irelands, which would you prefer, Angela? I'll start with you first. Oh, sure, they're all special. and They're not easily won, you know. Um, but I'd have to agree with Anne there that day in particular, um, I suppose, being from Ballyragget, um, playing in Ballyragget and... I was having a, a disastrous day the same day. There was nothing going right for me. And um, Anne got a fluky goal. And I think the three that I got were twice as fluky. And we just seemed to, we just eked it out. And um, Bridget Barneville had a powerful game the same day. And, you know, and often remarked that it was like sending down the, the Kilkenny football team to Kerry to play the All-Ireland champions. That, that's what we were up against that there was uh, at least oh there was six or seven of the um, county Cork team were on that Glen Rovers team that day and um, it was special to win it it was given that we were dead and buried and uh, the celebrations were mighty and um, that one is special yeah particularly special and which was better for you? Well, or? the cl- a club, again, um, you know, I suppose when you're on a county team, you're surrounded by stars, everyone that, you know, they're all great Camogie players. And when you're pulling from, I suppose, Paul said it was a different kettle of fish. It was probably backbone by a presentation team and everyone could hurl. But when we got to Liz Downley, I suppose we'd have, you know, you'd have girls that wouldn't be that stylish, but they put their head in where they shouldn't. And, you know, they had fierce heart. And again, going back to that day in Ballaragas, you know, you had Mary Ring and um, Sandy Fitzgibbon, Trace O'Callaghan, Linda Mellerick, the Donnellys. Uh, it was 12 aside, you know, and I'd say of the 12, most of them had played for their county. Um, it was a game that we weren't expected to win, but we had great days with Paul's, you know, travelling the length and breadth of the country. And I remember, you know, going up to... Um, up to the north to play an all-earned club semi-final with St. Paul's and um, it was the time of the troubles and Daddy Lord Mercy and was a nervous wreck in the front of the bus you know he didn't want to go he was nearly given a walk over and um, I was very young at the time and we were having bets how much we were going to win and I made the fatal error you know how much we were going to, to win by got up to the north we had a northern referee and oh. I think we we passed the, the pitch four or five times trying to, to find it we ended up anyway getting beaten on the day and um, it was a lesson well learned but um, we had great days with, with St Paul's as I said we were young and it was 
getting onto the bus or getting into the cars at the weekend and heading off and playing camogie and we just loved it, you know, special, special days. Angela, the crop of James Stevens players is there at the minute. You've followed them throughout the club championship here in Kilkenny and through their Leinster campaign. They've got better every game that they've played in. Um, the one last weekend they dominated for the majority of the game. It was a very good win for them. How good are this, this crop of players? Because you've seen many a Camogie player in your time. Yeah, they're they're improving every game. Um, we played um, we played Michael in the challenge there over in in Carlo IT, and uh, they're they're a fine set up. They have plenty of experience, and I kind of thought myself uh, for the Leinster final that the girls are going to be up against it here now. But once they got their noses in front and they they stayed in front and they 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 dug it out, they found what what really impressed me was the way they were finding each other. Um, their positional sense, their ball play was excellent. And um, as I said below in UL the other day, it's it's not easy playing that astroturf to control a ball, and the pace of the ball is much much um, faster. And as I said from Lucy in, in the first half, I said, "God, she has that sun in her eyes, and there's going to be, you know." I said, "I'd rather her than me now." And the freezing cold as well. But she she pulled off, you know, she batted him out and she caught balls and she delivered and um fr- from from the from the full back line up to the forward line as they were finding each other and so the goal came then at the right time and they um I suppose they were a little bit lucky in that their free taker missed a few that normally you'd be expecting, you know, but you you, you kinda make your own luck and um, the girls drove on and they're you know, they'll gain confidence from that and um the only thing I might be a little bit concerned is um, heading into Croke Park, like it's an All-Ireland club, All-Ireland. Um, there's extra pressure, I suppose, when you get to Croke Park and uh, it's a different animal altogether. But um, please God, they'll just kind of treat it as, you know, 15 against 15 and, um, um, you know, just put in a, a performance that, you know, they're there. They're, once they're there, they can win it. If they're not there, they can't win it. So I give them every chance. Oh God, we give them every chance, is right. And can you remember your first one? I mean, we have a couple of girls that has played in Crow Park in All-Ireland Finals. So, I mean, they have the experience, but a lot of the girls on this James Stevens team, it's their first real big test getting to play in Crow Park as well. How nervous were you on your very first one? Well, I suppose when we were playing with the clubs at that stage, um, it was, if you were lucky enough, you might have a home venue. Um, that's the way it worked. It was a neutral venue. You know, you if you were at home, that you looked after the team that was travelling and you, you, you had the dinner for them after. So we weren't lucky enough to get to ever play in Croke Park um, for for the, the Club All-Irelands. But, you know, as Angela said, we got to play at home a few times. Um, I can't remember, to be quite honest, my first one, but certainly, you know, you're just so nervous on the day. It is a big day, you know, you're bringing the whole parish with you, people that have supported you right from the, the club championship within Kilkenny and um, that support then, they travel every place with you and it's the same, I've seen it like with James Stevens have been at all their matches and they have a great support behind them. It's a big occasion for them but you know, Croke Park is just another pitch and the lads are very experienced that are with them and I'm sure they'll have that drilled into them. You know, I mean, they just concentrate on their own game, you know, play as well as they have been played. They're hunting in packs, they're young, you know, they have a freedom there. There's nothing holding them back. There isn't anyone that you could say that is old on the team so they have plenty of speed in their legs and you know I was talking to Brian after the game and you know that Astor pitch and having that game on it it's like playing a game and a half so it's rest 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 this week 
And um, they will be up against, as you know, they have experienced players in the opposition with the cars, you know, two great camogie players, but they wouldn't have the speed in their legs. They have the experience, but I would say play the wings and keep it away from Fnul at centre-back and, and that, you know. But the lads will have all that um, looked at and they'll have their homework done and, you know, that's one last push now. And they have improved, as you said, they've improved from every game. Like Angela's already said, they went up and they played a big, strong, physical, martial team that mm-hmm. I didn't think, you know, that they'd be able to match them. But they came out in the second half and they were as good in the second half as they were in the, in, in the first after all the belts that they took. So I give them every chance, I think, you know, let them look forward to the game. They're there now and they might as well just, you know, have a right go at it. You alluded to experience. How important is the lads in the background with the girls, especially in the lead up to such a big day? It's huge because, you know, even looking at the lads that are around the pitch at each side, or Feely's at one end and, you know, Tots is up the middle and they have plenty of, you know, experience with them. And they'll calm the girls down, you know, and they'll be talking to them and telling them what to do. And, um, you know, and they will be heard, you know, You'd hear, you'd hear Philly at the far side he'd probably be under the Cusick stand but whether he'll get a red card or he'll get fined but he'll be there anyway <laughs> don't, don't be mentioning the fines now because poor Brian is here beside yeah. us he'll be getting very nervous yeah so um, ah, yeah you know I mean it's another game and that's the way they have to treat it you know really look forward to it because if you wake up on Monday morning you haven't won you're going to be sorry so I have no regrets you know go in on, on Saturday night really really looking forward to that game you know, it's an experience and, you know, it's something that they look back at in time and be able to tell all their family that they played in Croke Park. And uh, for club, for club team, it's absolutely brilliant that it's in Croke Park, you know, great honour for them. Oh, that's fantastic. All right. Angela, I'm going to give the last word to you. Give us your prediction for the weekend. Well, I was just thinking there from coming from winning their first, um, coming up intermediate and winning outside in, in Bennisbridge. Hasn't this team travelled and come a long way? So it's only, you know, they're at the top of the ladder now. One more step and up the Hogan stand and please God, give them every chance, yeah. Every chance. So that's a win for James that's Stevens. That's a win for James Stevens, yeah. yeah. Good woman. And I take it you're going the same way? Without doubt, yeah. Yeah. No, they haven't let us down yet and they won't on the weekend. Well, perfect. I know that the two are extremely busy uh, this evening and I know it was short notice as well trying to put this together, but a sincere thank you to both of you for coming in and no finer players to have that has won it all to be giving us your predictions and no doubt you'll be in Croker as well on Saturday evening. All going to plan, yeah. Yeah, unless sure, it's a, yep. an orange and a yellow and a red alert all rolled into one and we can't move. Uh, yeah, do, we'll don't, don't, don't mention them alerts yeah. now too. Yeah. We, we, we certainly don't want them. Yeah. Uh, Anne and Angela Downey thank you very much for joining us on the podcast this evening it has been a pleasure to have you here and we look forward to seeing you uh, next Saturday evening thanks very much okay thanks bye perfect that was Anne and Angela Downey that was there we're going to have a couple of extra guests coming in later on two more legends of the game as well that has been playing in Club All-Irelands but now I'm going to bring in another two people here with us. One of them is a mammy to one of the players on the James Stevens team and we're going to get her point of view and to see how the players themselves are preparing and of course the other is the chairperson of the Camogie Club here and that is Mr Brian Lahey. And Brian I'm going to start with you first of all because you were talking earlier on about being with Crow Park and the do's and the don'ts and what you can and can't do. It's a, it's a big weekend for yourselves. It's a, a big lead up to it. Um, but there's a lot of preparation to do before you get to the gates of Crow Park. 
Huge, Martin. Um, I just <laughs> went back into work this morning. The email started coming in straight away from Crow Park, so I didn't get too much work done today. My real job, <laughs> I was doing a lot of work in the background and team sheets are required and forces and, and getting all the logistics. And uh, I think you'll be safe enough now with what was for anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, no, there is. There's a lot to organise and there's a lot of... We have our own WhatsApp group with the, the management team and, you know... Chuck, Scotty, Tots, Philly, myself, and we're back and forth and trying to plan with the timing now is being confirmed for 4.15. There's a lot of logistics. What time do we go at? Do we go early? Do we go get a bite to eat up there beforehand? Do we go straight up? So we've decided to go early and uh, we're going to stop in Nafina and get a bite to eat there and have a few pucks before we go down to, to Crow Park. But again, it's finishing late and trying to get out of there. We still have a few things to sort out. But as you said, yeah, it's going to be a busy week. Great week though for the club, to be fair. I mean, at the start of the club championships, did you think you were going to be in this position this time of the year? No, and you know, as Anne and Angela were saying there, the big thing is to keep the girls' feet on the ground as well and not get carried away with it being an All-Ireland. We know it's a big occasion, it's great for the club and a lot of people we're talking about it, but we're just trying to tell them it's 15 on 15. And as we said to them, we, we trained on Sunday morning, just a, a rollout session more or less to, to relax them after playing on the, the hard ground uh, on Saturday. But, you know, we're trying to tell them at the start of the year, our goal was to win an intermediate championship. This is just an added bonus to get to an All-Ireland and just to go out and enjoy it and play the match. Like at the start of the year, if someone said we could win an intermediate championship, we would have taken the hand off them. That was our aim and, and this is all just gravy on the back of it. It certainly is and as we've said earlier, they've really grown into the championship. You know, from the county final, from the first game against Raharney, when things was looking bleak, you know, they're progressing and getting better every game and the next step is the big one in Crow Park. It's going to be a huge day for the club to be able to play an All-Ireland club final in Crow Park. It is. It was huge. Like, I, I think relief after winning uh, on Saturday was like semi-finals, as we said, going to the girls is there to be won. It doesn't matter how you win it, how you get over the line. You don't remember any semi-finals that gets beaten, but as soon as the final whistle went, I think everyone just said, yes, we're going to Crow Park. It's going to be great for the club like we've only I think this is our second time as a club men our women have played now in Crow Park because two previous club All-Irelands I think were in Turles in 76 and in 82 and the last one the one in 06 was in Crow Park so it's great for the club and everyone around the club and especially now we've amalgamated with the the, the Camogie and the GA are all the one club at our AGM last week just a kind of another lease of life within the club and everyone is in behind us to go to the match I was, that was my next question to ask you about that. I mean, there's only one club officially that we know of at the minute that has done it, and that was Dixborough. So how important is it to have the Camogie and the GAA all under the one umbrella and everyone fighting and going for the same goals? It, it, it's great. And to be honest, Martin, like before this, the club we were treated as one like I know officially they weren't in our pitches and we were just using their pitches but we never wanted for anything with the with the GA club whoever was the chairman whoever was the secretary gave us everything we needed but I think this just pushes us on together now there will be I'm sure some teething problems and you know things we have to figure out as we go down the line and how we pay for things and get money from finance and the treasurer and that but we'll, we'll work it out but the main thing is they're only my new problems most, yeah most of the people were behind it because even Ed O'Rourke is after taking over 
was chairman of the Hurling Club. He's a previous chairman of the Camogie Club. Jimmy O'Brien was chairman of the Camogie Club. He was a previous chairman of the Camogie Club as well. So they're all the same guys in the background that are on the executive that they had girls and they played Camogie. Like the club was founded in 1990, so it's relatively young as a Camogie Club. And it's the same guys that are involved in the Hurling side that were involved in the Camogie side over the years. Yeah, well, it certainly is going to be a busy weekend. Mary, I'm going to bring you in, of course, Mary McGrath. You have Lucy playing on the team. That's how, right, Martin, how, I are you, do. how are you feeling Saturday? Were you a nervous wreck at that game? Um, you know, Martin, I've, I suppose I've stood on the sideline at a lot of games, but um, it's a different level when, you, when your own is out there, um, especially when she's in the goal. Um, like Anne would have said earlier on there, the AstroTurf, the game moved fast. It was fast moving. Um, thankfully, on the day, it all went well. It went, couldn't have asked for a better result. Um, Lucy herself will tell you, it's... You know, someone asked her afterwards how she felt. She said she, you're very comfortable when you have six very good backs in front of you, which she did. Um, they, they were just outstanding. They were excellent, you know. But you could, thankfully, they got the result. Um, they, they never give up, that bunch of girls, the whole way through the game. Possibly lost their shape a little bit, maybe in the, after the second half for a while, but they kept plugging away. And then, you know, they came back close to them. They came back within a point, but the girls just kept at it, got the few points, took their scores. Um, and just thankfully came out with the right result at the end of it. What will it be like now for Lucy and McGrath household for this weekend coming up? Has she given any instructions? Because I know from other players even coming up to the All-Ireland final, Mammy's have instructions. If I'm somewhere in the zone, don't come near me. Just leave the dinner there. Have you got any special instructions from Lucy? Or is she just one of these players that takes it all in her stride? Um, to be fair, sure, she does really take it in her stride. Um, I suppose, especially this year, um, the five boys inside have been excellent, uh, the coaches and all that. But there's one man I suppose she'll always mention, and that's um, Dec- uh, Derek Brennan this year. He came in and he helped out Lucy no end with his coaching and all that. And he's given her the extra bit of confidence and a bit of, you know, he's given all his experience to her and that. And he's great, and he's been a great friend to her there as well. Um, she relies on him an awful lot. Regards any special advice, I suppose it'd be stay clear of her <laughs> in the morning of the match. Um, don't ask too many questions. Now, she's cool enough on us, really. She's, um, what we did say to her, I suppose, last week, myself, I just said to her, the most important thing was to go out and enjoy it all. You know, um, good players, you know, if they're lucky enough to play with their county, they'll eventually, please God, get to play in Crow Park. But to get there with your club, it's just extra special. It's unbelievable. It's, it's you know, something these girls would never get. So, like, it's, it's important that they enjoy every minute of it. And yes, nerves can overtake a lot of that as well. But look, at that's on both sides. So it's just, you know, to keep the head down and just enjoy it and take it all in. No doubt the rest of the McGrath household will leave her off to the bus and wherever she's going to go on Saturday and the rest of the gang then is yeah. all going to be following up and cheering her on and giving her great exactly. support. Exactly, they will. Um, I suppose when you get her on the bus you can all kind of breathe a sigh of relief um, and that. But no, we will, of course. We'll all be there supporting her on, family and friends. I think it's the same with all the girls. To see all the support at all these matches is great. Um, even as Brian said, even the hurlers there, they've been fantastic with all their support for the girls. I know straight away the, the buses were organised after the results came in there on Saturday and so look at sure it's great it's fantastic for the club it's where you want to be a week before Christmas what more could you ask for 
lucky enough we're not playing it on Stevens' day the way things the, the club and everything is going at the minute the season is getting longer and longer but look we wouldn't mind even if we were to be somewhere to go and something to do but as you say it's great to be there um, and certainly they'll enjoy it so uh, to Lucy and all the McGrath household and to Brian thank you very much for joining us here this evening in your beautiful clubhouse and on this special occasion and we wish you and uh, all the team the very best of luck at the weekend Great, thanks Martin thank you thanks for coming perfect Right, I'm going to bring you in. It's time you said something now because I have a fit of coughing coming on here and I need to do something before I start spluttering down the microphone. So, uh, we were at the match the weekend against uh, Casagar of Galway. Give us your opinion. Yeah, do you know what? I think I was really, really most impressed with all the younger players on the village team. I suppose like we're probably also used to hearing like, you know, all the good old reliable names, the likes of the Michelle Teens, the Neve Dealies, the Sophies, the Hannahs. We're so used to hearing about these. But then when you have the likes of Lucy, Molly Burke, Emily Smith, these girls popping up out of nowhere and giving an exhibition of camogie for girls that are so young. Like what age is Lucy? 19, like she's still very, very young. Like she's still, like she's still only a child at the end of the day. And to be putting in performance like that, I just felt like I was really, really impressed with all the younger girls on the team. And it kind of nearly puts a fear in for the rest of the clubs that this team is so young, but their younger girls are just getting stronger and stronger and better and better. I think overall, I think James Stevens from the start, they probably had a nervy, nervy couple of minutes at the very, very start for the first five, six minutes. But I think from that, I think they just kind of, you know, really, really drove on and it was excellent to see. Um, obviously, Castlegard, they have, you know, a massive tradition in Galway, you know, steeped in such great history. They would have been there a couple of years ago. I think Roran Steak had beaten them previously, or not, they had beaten Roran Steak in the in their previous club, All-Ireland. So, you know, they've had all the wealth and experience of getting to intermediate All-Ireland finals. But I, whatever it is about James Stevens, and we've seen it throughout them this year, when they get in front, and Anne and Angela said it, once they get their nose in front, they're very, very hard to break down. And even towards the second half, you, you have to say, like, Castlegar had a good 15 minutes there where they were really dominating but the backs, the defence of James Stevens, they just wouldn't, they wouldn't let them lie. They were getting hooks and blocks in. They were making darting runs. They just weren't letting them get away with anything, which was really good to see. But I think like, you know, I think they're going to have, it's going to be a tough battle. It's going to be a completely different game. Like I think the AstroTurf, yeah, you know, it was great that they didn't have to slog it out. It was great that they didn't have to go to extra, extra time like Clan Duff did. I think that could maybe go against Clan Duff in this. I think the James Stevens girls will be a lot more more refreshed going into it, but it's going to be a completely different different game. Like, I think getting to Crow Park alone, I think that's just going to maybe tend to put a little bit of pressure more on the guards but I think that's something that I'm sure John like John's had the experience of managing a team in Crow Park already a lot of the girls have already played in Crow Park so I'm sure they're going to talk to the girls this week especially the younger girls like it's just another field at the end of the day yeah it's great to play in Crow Park but they just have to remain focused on what exactly they need to do and just forget about where they are and just go out and play the camogie like they've been playing it all year because they've been excellent and they've been really really good and you know I'm looking forward to it I can't wait to get stuck in to this game. Yeah, your microphone is not working at the minute now, and so we're going to uh, swap that one out there for you for um, for one second. But you've mentioned it already um, about the Clan Duff game. It's uh, it's important uh, for James Stevens that it probably didn't go to extra time. Um, how much of a benefit is that to a team to get that extra bit of rest period and to get the game done and dusted with within the 60 minutes? Well, I think because like there's literally only seven days between an All-Ireland semi-final and an All-Ireland final as well. 
I think um, you know that's going to be a huge problem. Which I think, to be fair, is a little bit unfair as well on girls. I think I don't think seven days, personally, in my opinion, is enough for any team to be able to kind of. Hang on, hang on one sec there. Hang on, hang on. I give you this one. Right, go on, try that one. Um, I don't think seven days in the first place is enough time for any team. I suppose, like, in one way I've kind of looking at it, it's seven days that, you know, they can't really overthink the game. But I do think it would be a lot better for better for club teams and teams all over in general to have at least a two-week break between an All-Ireland semi-final and an All-Ireland final. I think it's definitely going to stand to James Stevens a lot more than it is to Clandoff. The fact that they didn't have to play extra, extra time. I think actually playing on the AstroTurf will stand to them as well this weekend. Like, the surface in Crow Park is going to be spectacular. It's going to be really, really good good like everything is going to be done at pace as well in it so I think that's certainly going to help uh, benefit them as well but you know Clanduff they have the experience there they won a club All-Ireland back in 2018 beating Galtier they've had by all accounts tough games throughout their campaign you know winning their I think was it their first senior title in, in down since, since 2007 if I'm right I just had a quick look at it before I came in uh, they beat Oglish in um, an Ulster final by three points uh, they had to win it in 2018 because they were in the no other. sure they, they're up senior now and senior and down play intermediate oh, oh yeah yeah so yeah, that's the, the way it's grading's a bit confusing in yeah, that alright yeah, yeah yeah um, but like Clandoff will have the experience but to kind of go to what Anne and Angela were saying earlier on the James Stephen girls are a lot younger. I think they're going to have a little bit more fitness when it boils down to it in the last 15 minutes, I suppose. When you're looking at Clandoff, you're going to be looking at Fanuel Carr and Sarah Louise Carr um, as they're kind of the two main girls that they're going to be going to. And, you know, Fanuel Carr has been phenomenal. I watched her playing with UUJ a couple of years ago in Ashburn and she's just, like, she's gifted. She's been a gifted player for down for so many years. And I think, you know, it's going to be a great battle between her and Neve Dealey at centre forward and centre back as well this weekend. Well, it is, and it's also going to be a great battle with the two managers as well. And I am delighted that we have been joined here in the clubhouse in Lartfield by the James Stevens manager, John Scott. John, you're on the red one, right? We'll give this one a try. How are you hey this man. evening? Do you hear me now? I can hear yeah. you perfectly. All, all, all good. Technicalities, but you can't beat it. How are you feeling after Saturday? Um, uh, look, I, I thrilled after Saturday. Um, it's after taking probably a couple of days to sink in. Um, but uh, look, we're there. That's the main thing. We're looking towards Crow Park. As Mary was just saying earlier on, it's, it's just a great achievement to get to Crow Park, uh, which our club is just massive, like, you know. So, look, I'm delighted. Just absolutely thrilled to be there. It's a bit of a different dynamic for yourself. You have been there before with the county team. So, I suppose you know the setup, you know the way the stadium works, you've been in the surroundings yourself. So, I suppose. Uh, putting that bit of experience onto the players uh, and giving them that bit of advice as well, you can't beat it. Like it, it, It's something to, to behold, but it's a different kettle of fish when you're there managing your own club. It is, yeah. No, it's a, uh, different actually. Yeah, yeah, it is. But as Anya was just saying there earlier on as well, there, just about the girls getting there, is, it, it's, it's just like, a, it's, it's still just a field. Just take away the stands and the whole lot and it's just a normal field. And this is, we were actually talking to the girls yesterday and we were just telling them that they're just to kind of blocked the, all the stadium over and just like it's still the same as Larchfield the same as the Kells Road and just to perform on the day and that's what we and that's what we'll be looking for is just to get a performance out of the girls if they can perform it'll take a fair like if Clonduff can beat us if we perform fair play to them 
I suppose they've been there as well. Back in 2018, they had a, a humdinger of a battle against Gaultier, winning it. it was a, a last-minute goal, literally, because Gaultier was winning that uh, game by two points. Um, so that experience might stand to them a little bit. But we were chatting here earlier on, and the more games that you seem to get, the better you're getting. You're really growing into the games, and your work rate is improving game in, game out. And the work rate last weekend was exceptional because... That was tough playing on the AstroTurf. Like we mentioned, this, there was no winter hurling. There was no slog. You know, the ball wasn't getting stuck. It was flying. It was zipping along on the, the surface itself. And you coped very well with it. Yeah, we did. And I even said this to the girls, actually, when we went on the bus. That I'd say, of all the semi-finals that were played, I think we got the, the best deal with the pitch. Everything else was seemed to be in a muck battle. Well, looking at the photographs you did anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just thought, and the, the AstroTurf is just absolutely brilliant. Brilliant to play Camogie on as well, because like, the ball is moving fast. Like, and look, and uh, Castlegar looked to give us a, a fair old fright a few, good few times. But I just think the girls knuckle down and um, just, just their hooking and their work rate is just is phenomenal. Like. The week ahead, not much training going to be happening, especially with the, the short turnaround. Get the girls right and recovery is the name of the game, I would take it this week. Yeah, look, we, we probably will get together probably Wednesday night. Well, depending on the weather, just we're not going to ask the girls to come driving back if the roads are not are bad. But if the roads are not too bad, we will try and get together on Wednesday night. But we won't be doing a whole lot now. We'll just have a few pucks and have a chat, really. It's, this week now is all about recovery more than anything else now. And we won't get many fitter between now and then, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so at this stage. You're a great man, too, for the stats and the video analysis, etc. Have you been watching a couple of games, Frank Landoff? Oh, yeah, we've watched a few, all right. <laughs> yeah, no, we have. I actually watched the match there the weekend. Um, just, I, I was actually had the flu yesterday there. I was just laying down on the couch and I watched all the, their semi-final. And um, I actually had a, um, a lad actually up watching the match as well. So he gave me all the information on it as well. So, um, no, no, look, they're a good team. They're actually a good team now. Uh, the, probably the thing that went against them is they went into extra extra time uh, probably took a lot out of their legs especially in the, all that muck and the whole lot like. but look but I think that's what those they're, they're built for that physicality of the game um, I think the Kerry Claire Morris just ran out of steam I think in the end when they were running at him and running at him Clonduff I don't think had much of an answer for him but when they ran out of steam Clonduff got on top and all the, the rocks and the whole lot like. but look Crow Park, hopefully, there shouldn't be too many rocks in Crow Park with the with the old astroturf that's there. Uh, the surface is sure it's the best the, the the best in the in the country, you know. That's so. like a carpet up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the late time starting quarter past four, not ideal for not uh, preparations. No, not ideal. No, it wasn't. I was actually quite surprised when I seen the time, but um, look. As I said, whatever it is, whatever that's that, we can't control that. So we'll just get on with what we can control, and we'll just we'll be there. So and so will we, and we'll be following you all the way as we have been doing uh, all along. And we're really looking forward to it, and you're keeping us going a little bit longer as well into Christmas with uh, the podcast going every week. Because if you weren't kept going, we'd be shut up now at this stage. So um, it's great that we're able to be doing it. So look, we wish you the, the very best of luck to you, the management, the rest of the team, um, and hopefully, as we said. Uh, last weekend to you this next Monday will be our very last podcast before Christmas and we'll have you in as All-Ireland champions but we won't jinx it we will just cross the fingers as we done last Monday um, and wish you the very best of luck John thanks very much Martin right that was of course 
front of myself off there now. That was John Scott, the James Stevens manager, preparing for the weekend that's coming up. And it is going to be a great weekend for himself, for the players, all of the backroom team and the coaches. Because let's be fair, while the players put in effort, the coaches put in twice as much effort. I mean, poor man on his sick bed yesterday and he going through a video and analysis for the, the team and the whole lot for the weekend. I mean, that's dedication to you now. You know, the girls, obviously, you know, they're the ones that go out onto the field to play and, you know, they're the ones that put in the 60, 60, 60, 65 minutes that are required to win these games. But at the end of the, at the, end of the day, you need a good, strong management team, you know, to get these girls together, to build a really good, solid unit within a team, to bond them together, to give them, you know, they can give them the tools, but it's up to the girls to do the work. But without the tools, they wouldn't be able to, you know, be able to go out and achieve the dreams that they've wanted to achieve. So it is really important. And I think, you know, James Stevens have certainly set standards high for in regards to management teams this year um, you know they've always got their homework done they always have a plan in place and you know they, they've been working really really hard with each other and it's great to see it certainly is great to see and um, it's going to be a great occasion for the clubs um, in particular and uh, you played in Crow Park. You've been there. I mean, it's a fantastic occasion for anyone to get to Crow Park as well. Um, nerves, they play a part with some of the younger players that mightn't have been there before? Do you know what? Like, I think to some extent, to some extent, I think it will play a little bit of nerves. But at the end of the day, like we've and we've always said it about these young players, they just seem to have no fear. And I think a lot of them will go in with a fierce kind of excitement about playing in Crow Park. And I think that's what they're going to be more so looking forward to. And as John said as well, as well there, like they just need to forget about who's on the pitch. They just need to forget about, you know, what pitch they're playing in, regardless as if they're playing in Larchfield. And I think that's going to be the one thing. And, you know, I've mentioned already, the likes of Michelle, Sophie, Hannah Scott, Neve Dealey, these girls have played in Crow Park already. So these girls should be using their experience to talk to the younger girls this week. Like, there is only seven days between an All-Ireland semi-final and a final, so it is going to be really important. Obviously, you're going to be nervous. You know, yeah, it's does great that, to play in Crow Park, but... Does that help more? Because you haven't got the time to think about it. So you're probably literally does. only going from one week to the other, which does it help? Yeah, it probably does in a way. Like you don't have much time really. Like the girls are probably still in their mind playing back and all learning a semi-final really at the moment. I know John is probably after telling them they need to focus on next Saturday, but really deep down they probably are still playing back the all Ireland semi-final. And you know, that's probably no harm considering it is only seven days away from an all Ireland final. Let them play away at that as long as they're not, you know, thinking about other things or having other distractions or whatever the case may be. But, you know, to get to an all Ireland final, playing Crow Park is absolutely brilliant. Unfortunately, I've never got to do it my club I'd give anything to do it with my club I really would I think it's just such a brilliant occasion it's great for everybody the girls can be so so proud of themselves whatever happens on Saturday it doesn't make a difference look at how far they've come and they're only going to build on each other and you know they're going to senior next year in the Kilkenny Championship and you know there's certainly going to be another force to be reckoned with never say never there's still 2023 for you yeah <laughs> not for me maybe for them not for me <laughs> Silence is golden, so it is. Anyway, I did say earlier on we had two legends earlier on in the two Downey sisters here with us, and we are joined by two further legends of the game of Camogie back from the days of St. Paul contesting all those club All Irelands as well. TZ Brennan and Mary Fitzpatrick, how are you doing this evening? Because by God, it's cold out, so it is great to see you here with us. We're perished. <laughs> That's one way. The traffic in this city is unbelievable. We're grand, and I'm, I'm after listening to what all had to say about the entrance onto Croke Park, and it's nerve-wracking. Your very first time to be there, I don't know what age I was, but 
I actually remember a man by the name of Paddy Nari saying to me, go out there a couple of seconds before the match, get a look around, get a feel for the place, and get out there and hurl. Because once the match starts, it's going to take about five minutes or more to settle down. Once they know where their opposition, their teammate is, they'll get stuck in. And I have every faith in the village. Now, and I'm an O'Loughlin's woman, but I have every faith in the village this time around. I really do. I'm hoping they will bring it back to Kilkenny. You're hitting the nail on the head there now because is it important, TZ? I mean, you can see rivalry is there, but when one of your clubs within your own county is playing in an All-Ireland final, rivalry tends to go out the door just for that weekend and you're supporting the team that's from your own county in an All-Ireland final. And I just like to wish you the very best, the greatest experience in your life. <laughs> I have the great privilege of holding on to the first All-Ireland, I was captain. And that's 54 years ago. We're actually yeah. just looking at the photograph here of it. It's I an unbelievable photograph. It was something, you, if you do it once, it's the first. Just hold the microphone up a small bit easy uh, like a good woman. No, well, I, I was part of, of the reorganisation of Camogie and Kilkenny in the 60s. And there's a lot, there's of that team of 1968, there's only one dead, and that's Joan, Joan Kelly. And the rest are the men. You had Mary Fenley's... Um, John Fenley, yeah. Yeah, John Fenley. Mrs you had, Phelan. You had Bill Carroll. Mm-hmm. You had McKenny, who hurled with Tipperary and hurled with Kilkenny. He was our trainer. And we were beaten the year before by uh, Glengool Ballingarry. Um, we were... Um, like it's it's unbelievable that it's 54 years. I find it extremely hard at times. I think it was 54 years. I think it was only yesterday. But like we were a very successful team. We did it three in the row: 68, 69, and 70. Uh, we that, that the most of that St Paul's team, including myself, was on the first intercounty one in 74. So. Um, we crossed the border many times. The hurls were taken off of us as being offensive weapons. That's right, up at Gudgeon Dahl. And uh, Agnes um, Purcell, Agnes would have been, what's his name, down from Munkine. Uh, Mary Purcell, was it? No, no, no he, was, he, he wrote for the Irish press, um, Padraig Purcell's wife. She... Um, was very involved in Camogie, was president at one stage. But she happened to come across us as we were, the hurls were taken from us. And she negotiated. We couldn't have played the match, as simple as that. And uh, we got them back. Otherwise, the match would never have been played. But uh, we were always being beaten in Leinster from 62, or, yeah, 62 on after the reorganisation of Camogie and Kilkenny. And um, I guess Carol would have she, she had a pen name, and I can't remember the pen name. Uh, but she was very nice and very kind. And then, of course, we had two uh, players playing with UCD. That was Anne Carroll and Joe Golden. And um, the rest of us were all clubs. Well, there was only one, one other club, and that was Gordon. And there was a girl from north of the county, and I can't think of it. Is she Bowden? Annie Bowden. Annie Bowden. Mary right. Porcel. Um, so, like... 
when you're part of history and you're often forgotten. And I, I just feel that, you know. There was an exhibition above in whichever the hotels recently. There was never a mention that the first ever All-Ireland that came to be Kenny was a club All-Ireland. And the club is the nucleus of any county team. So I feel very privileged that I was the first one. And as I said, there was 12 aside at that time. And Joan Kelly is the only one. She was out from Venice Bridge. But the amount of work that we did to get there, with no money. Some people give us a few bob here and there. Same happened with 74 All-Ireland. I had a sister who was chairman of the board at the time, uh, Beatrice Tracy of Gordon. And she was the one that begged, borrowed, and stole, and got people to, to sponsor us. And any of us that were working, we paid for ourselves to go up on the train. And, and Carol, uh, her mother, I think it was, arranged that a bus would meet us in Dublin. So we had nothing, absolutely nothing. And to win a club all Ireland was absolutely brilliant. Nothing ever happened to me, Kenny. I had 13 or 14 county championships, and was that length with them. Right? I didn't give up on, until after the 74 on Ireland. And I still, and I listened to the match on Sunday and I was very impressed. And I listened to most of the matches. Or I tried to go to the park beyond. But like, great privilege, an honour. And I mean it, a great honour. And as I said, there was only one person missing off of that um, 68 Now, the Downies came in in sometime shortly after that, and I played with them, and they were um, played at the county, and we played with the club. So I feel privileged that I was, I brought the first ever All-Ireland to Kilkenny, which happened to be a club All-Ireland. Do you feel that you missed out having not played a club All-Ireland in Crow Park? Like, you played in Crow Park in All-Ireland finals with Kilkenny, but not to play one with the club itself. No, uh, it wasn't, we couldn't get into Crow Park. Simple God, we couldn't get into Nolan Park, <laughs> above. <laughs> Lord save us. No. I think we got one, one train and match in there, and it was Paddy Grace gave us that, and yeah. Chu Lahey was around at the time. Do you remember Chu? I do indeed. Get them women off at the field, the men want yeah. to come out to train. That's what we were told that night. I think the tide is turning on that, though, Mary, a little Thanks bit. Thanks God it is. We, we were very lucky in that we had Brother Michael over in um, John's Park. And he saw to us that we were able to train over there. That's right, yeah. And there was a man by the name of uh, Keane. They were very good to us now. And I mean, we probably mentioned this already, that we had no place even to change. There was a, <laughs> there was a place... There. Now, it was unbelievable. Like, it was like a little shed in, in um, John's Park. And sure, our clothes were taken a few times and other things were taken and... But you know, we enjoy you got on with it. And I think it's important when you get out and you get into, like yourselves, the village, getting into an Isle Ireland. Look at it. It's brilliant. You know, you'll do well too. Be positive. Stuff like that, Cheesy, builds character. <laughs> Sorry? It builds character. I'm just having a look here at, the, at these photographs. I hadn't seen these before. And the beginning of my life there was those gym slips. Okay. They were made out of wool. They had to be hitting your knee. You'll, you'll have to enlighten the, the heavy, poor, the poor heavy, fella here heavy, now, uh, Mary. They have no idea what one of them a is. They were so black tights. <laughs> and if it rained and the hem got wet, 
you were in trouble. <laughs> you know, and uh, they were the bane of my life. And was that part of the what the, the, the uniform as they call then, it yeah. at the time? Uniforms, yeah. yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it was yeah, a kind yeah. of a, a, an amber colour, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah. And the weight was. And actually, and Carl played with Ben Gould Ballingarry and won with Ben Gould Ballingarry and left to come back to Kilkenny. She wanted to play for Kilkenny. And she brought the uniform, or Bill brought the uniforms with them, and we wore them. So, must Evan, look at not even a priest in our forest or an acre of pain on us. We're living for a miracle now at the minute with the hips. I know there were great times, there were wonderful, wonderful times, and we all became great friends. And I mean, the backroom team was unbelievable. And if you can remember Felicity Loose, <laughs> Felicity Loose. She would have been called our manager at the time. Now, you would not stir out of John Street if Felicity was on guard there because she'd tell on you. And especially if when you were playing for the county. But I remember one night there was a crowd that went off out to Venice Bridge to the Marquee. You know yourself, we were all over the country. But the shout went up from the entrance of the Marquee. Havna, out. Helene O'Neill was there, Theresa was there, Mary Conway was there. Sure, there was a whole crowd of us there. <laughs> and uh, she put the run on the whole lot of us. And I wouldn't mind, honey. We didn't run too far because we were after thumbing out. <laughs> so we had to go back on the road again. <laughs> and uh, I think it was Greggy Nail brought us back in on the back of a tractor. But we got in home. <laughs> but th- there were the good times and the comradeship that was there and built up. And I think with sport, you will always have that for your life. I mean, Nuala Duncan out there, we're still in contact, and yeah. Carol, Mary Conway. Now, they're all married, don't ask me their married names, but we still go by the maiden names. But uh, they're there, and we're still friends. Now, we haven't been together for years. I think we were, the last time we, time we met was at a funeral. But, uh, you could nearly feel a reunion coming on, Mary. Oh, sure wouldn't I love it. <laughs> I did mention it to Mary Conway one day and I was talking to her, I met her in Dunstores one morning and I just said to her, an awful pity that down through the years, like considering there's only one person of that team dead, that we didn't get together. She said, ah, we, we'll organise it yet. I'd be waiting, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say Mary myself would organise it quicker. got married not doing anything. <laughs> I know, but you don't... Then, yet I don't mind helping out. I don't mind helping out uh, if it's in the summer. Of that <laughs> were part were the county board. Where that's true. They were the county board. I was secretary of board myself at one stage. Secretary of your club. You you did everything, and you never minded. You didn't, and there was no money there. That was the problem. We, when we were training first, we had to walk out to Dunmore. If you remember right. Uh, we um, had John's Park first and then Anne Carroll moved back into Kilkenny and they lived out in Dunmore. Dunmore and we walked out and, and walked Mr. home Coffee. after a two-hour training session maybe. And, and Mr. Kenny, or K- uh, Coffee was, it was next door to them and he get part of his ground in and we had a pitch outside, you know. And I remember I, you know, training and the whole lot outside and I was wearing contact lenses at the time and the, the whole field was held up one night looking for the lens. <laughs> Oh, these were the laughs we had. 
But they're, me- they're great memories to have, though, TZ, in fairness. Like, the, the amount of memories that you make with yeah. clubs, your friends, you know, it's something that you have for a lifetime. Yeah. Oh, sure it is. And, and, and I'm sure we'll all be... Well, we are all drawing the pension now, anyway. Yeah. But, uh, no, but, you know, I, I would love to see us all getting together again uh, for, for just to catch up on where we are, because some of the ladies now we haven't seen them for years. And um, it would be nice... For to get back together again. I have again, to so. say, I played for. Uh, I was bordering Gorsebridge, and Camogie was big in the Bridgetine schools, and we had the Interbridgetine competition every year. And you could be up in Abbey Leaks or you could be in Mount Rath, but Mount Rath was always the, the snob one, right? And <laughs> there was a, a woman from Kilkenny who was superior there at one stage. She would have been. Reared where the, what's that pub, or what's that hotel in John Street? Kilford Arms. She was in McGrath. And her, oh, brother, her brother was the parish priest below in Ferrybank. But, like, these are the people that, you know, did so much for us. Because we had nothing. You know, but you, if, if you can all get together and share the, the lovely things that happened, you know. And there were lovely things. Because we knew nothing. We need to go out and win. And we well, did that fairly handy. I would have to admire now the younger players today because they are under extreme pressure. They have studies and schools and uh, 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 working part-time, I'm sure, a lot of them. And they still turn up for training. And they still give it 100% there. And the majority of them are getting chances and opportunities that didn't come our way yeah. mm. when we were young. Yeah. Uh, you know, you were told to get out there and work, get a job for yourself when you were 15 or that. You know, whereas now we're saying, no, we need to educate them to let them out into the world. And while they're in a way in th- their different colleges and universities, they're still thinking of home and getting back at Komogi training or spending the weekend training for Komogi. But you also have the Komogi now in the colleges as well. So yeah, all it's a, a, an amazing game. You're building up an extra group of friends and you know you have your club friends but then also you have your colleges friends. Yes. So, And I was very lucky when I was in Goresbridge. We had Sean O'Brien who was the local national teacher, right? He had two daughters played with Goresbridge. Um, we had, um, what's his name at all? Uh, Luke Morrissey. And Luke Morrissey was a brother of whatever his name is, that played for Wexford. And he was in the creamery in um, Goresbridge. And he set up a camogie team called the Scrange outside. Uh, I played with Mooney in a row. I was picked up by one of the Mealies. Heard you play camogie. One game. Jimmy Morrissey came, was on the scene. Jimmy was the one. Just there. hold up the mic there, Teethy, just um, so we can Jimmy hear you, good woman. Uh, was one of the founders of, of that St. Paul's team. He had a son called Paul. He had a thing about Paul. So, like, we had several people like that that, you know, uh, put in their tuppence worth and they were great to us. Like, they really were great, you know. Bill Carroll was mar- marvellous to us, you know. And we had Dick Casson. He was um, the, the father of the twin Cassons. They played for Kilkenny, Breda and Mara. They're out there around Freshford now. Uh, I think one of them, the daughters, played for Kilkenny. You know, so, like, there was a future generation coming through, which was nice, you know. But there was a brilliant friendship, and it's because it was the first, and I suppose. There's only one first. That's all. 
The last time we were talking to the two was out in Dixborough before the All Ireland final. Uh, it was a great day. Obviously, the girls did win it and um, came back to a great reception as well. And obviously, you were hopeful that they were going to do it. Um, so we'll bring you back all the way to August for that little few minutes as well, getting away from the club. Great win from TZ. You obviously have a, a vested two, interest I as well. I that were on that Kenny team. And Tiffy scoring the first point of the all Ireland final did, as well. Jeez, when I saw her scoring the point, I said, oh my God, she's a back. Like, you know. <laughs> you <laughs> have to be versatile now, TZ. <laughs> yeah, well, the, elder, the, the older one is, is Steffi and she's my godchild. So, um, and it was strange if, if the two of them didn't play because their mammy was involved and I was involved. So, you know, but they're, they're two lovely children, I must say that now. Uh, but I, I really... I nearly fell down the heap when I saw her scoring the point. It just shows you how quick it happened. You weren't the only one, because I think Steffi nearly fell down with shock that she was gone past her as well the same day. Yeah, I know. Uh, they're nice. They're nice kids. I must say that about them, you know. And I know some of the others as well. They're nice. You know, and it's nice to remember, you know, that there are others coming through. They certainly are. Mary, the other more important piece of information came out of it and we have been inundated with queries to know how many more animals were harmed in the making of oh. ye as camogie players because the poor crows um, and oh, dying and the whole lot. The like, uh, they're still roosting up there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that crow was delighted to be gone. He was old. <laughs> I know it was so funny to... to Shouting at Joan, and Joan at all would say, What, what, where, where, where? And she was hitting and belted like nobody's business. Half the time she didn't know. I was in the goal at one stage, and I got a belt at the head. I didn't know whether it was Nula, Duncan, or it was Joan, but I have a feeling it was Joan. Uh, but look at she'd be pulling and pulling and pulling. And we turned around, the next thing was the. the, the, the the poor fortunate crow was in the in the goal. <laughs> she was a great character, like you know. Mary Houlihan is another girl down from the bridge. She'd be on the bad bend there, coming around, just down the road from Nula, Nula Duncan, Nula Bulger, as she is now. And uh, we often had laughs because Nula worked in the clinic. I worked in the clinic, and Nula was in dental. I was in the social work department. But anyway, you know. And she still rings me. If I don't ring her, she rings me. You know, and we talk about everything. Like, you know, we talked about the match yesterday. Um, you know, it was great friendships. And that's the important thing, you know. I, I always remember an old priest saying to me, it was great friends as well, there's nothing more the way of winning save laughter and the love of friends. I think it's very true. Yeah. We, we had, there was one other funny instance that happened. Now go I on, Mary, go on. One. We were above training, above in St. John's Pitch, and of course, pubs shut at two o'clock that time, and the men had all rambled up. But there was one particular man that used to come up, and he was a bit of a womanizer, and everyone knew him in the parish. <laughs> anyway, we were playing a match there away, I think we were playing Thornback, and the shout went up. There's a loose woman up on the field there. There's a loose woman. And your man ran in short to me. <laughs> Show me where she is. <laughs> oh, Those are the funny things that happened that yeah. I can remember. Well, I, I would just like to remember somebody else as well. It was Mary Connery. Uh, Mary was from Freshford. She was a teacher in the press. 
and she used to play uh, with St. Paul's. And Mary often did the refereeing and the whole lot, and I can't, for the life of me, know if this girl from Castle Comer is alive or dead now she was Father John Kearns' housekeeper. <laughs> Mary was refereeing anyway, and the next thing was she got built in the head. She evidently gave a wrong decision according to your woman. <laughs> Mary, Mary was going around. Now, I have to say, she was very involved with the presentation, winning the, with Liz Neary and all of those, you know. And Mary didn't know what was out there happening. But your woman came in and right clattering at the top of the head, you know, for a wrong, according to her, a wrong, de- wrong decision, you know. So these are the things that happen, you know. So if you got a bang of a hurl on the head or you were sp- split open, bleeding, yeah. the shout would go, put a bit of cotton wool on her and let her off. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what had happened. I got a belt in There the was mouth, no helmets right? back then. And there I ended no up with teeth guards. Three false teeth, right? And your woman that did it was one of our great friends and all the rest of it. All was going wide and she shouted me, it's coming. And I turned around, bang. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. It was coming all right easy, just, yes. the, just the wrong way. <laughs> That's why we're glad happen. now that there's quite a lot of trainers and managers <laughs> and a lot of people around the field keeping an eye on the players. Because let me tell you, once hell breaks loose, it does. <laughs> tough one. Uh, ah, sure. It might have been tough, like, but it was great, Mary. Oh, it was great. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. But every time I go do. home then, my mother would say, don't come in here limping. <laughs> And you'd be dragging your leg behind you, your hip. Or maybe you'd have a black eye the next day. And you'd have to tell her you walked into the door. You'd have to <laughs> on the head. Oh. You know, and that's, that was the beauty of it. And all of these girls going out next week, they're bound to be excited. And they're right to be excited. But they can give it their all and they will give it their all. Oh, they certainly will give it their all, all right, and we know that they'll do that. It has been an absolute pleasure again to have both of you here with us because the enjoyment and the stories that you have for us, uh, bringing us back to those days and, as you say, the good old days and, you know, things are slightly different now when it might come to facilities and everything else to come with it, but it's always great to hear where it started and it certainly started with yourselves back with the St. Paul's days and hopefully the James Stevens women can continue on the tradition of bringing back an All-Ireland uh, title to Kilkenny, which hasn't yes. happened in a while now, but um, hopefully that we can keep the fingers crossed for everyone. But Mary and Teasy, thank you very much, as always, for enjoying uh, this evening um, and instilling your experience and stories on us. Uh, we always thoroughly enjoy it and we'll certainly have to get you back in the new year as well because it is great fun. And the reunion, you'll have to get the reunion going it's now, so you will. Going. We'll all limp in. <laughs> <laughs> Teasy Brennan <laughs> Teasy Brennan and Mary Fitzpatrick thank you very much for joining us again on Come On Kind with us this evening and no doubt that the two women will be enjoying the games going ahead at the weekend no doubt they'll be keeping an eye on proceedings and if they're not listening to us on KCLR 96FM I'm sure that they'll be uh, although Anya it's a pity that this one has not been televised uh, at the weekend the senior one is but it would have been great if we had to have the two of them being televised yeah it'd be lovely I think 
think be a lot better for promotion for you know Camogie I suppose we are quite fortunate that we do have the junior intermediate and senior inter-county finals being um, broadcast live and you know that one step further will be to broadcast the, the club championship you know at this latter stage of the year you know what else is going on I know there's this World Cup and all that crack going on as well but it would be great it would be great for promotion of Camogie because I think we've taken certainly massive strides over the last couple of years and you know we could push the boat out a little bit further and get this one done as well the weekend is coming up, obviously, um, and alluded to the cars. They do play with uh, Clandoff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you see the winning and the losing of this game with the matchups? Because we know that James Stevens can score. We're still not too sure who scored the goal at the weekend because there was three of them around. It was Michelle actually scored it. Um, I mean, they have played so well. I mean, Sophie got seven points at the weekend. Michelle team with a goal. Neve Daly pitching in with two points and Emma Minogue with one point. But the work rate of the James Stevens players from where they started against Raharney has gone up fivefold in the last couple of matches. Yeah, it certainly has. And I think when you look at it, um, I don't know, is it, is was it the way they were just playing at the weekend or is it a specific game plan that they have in? But there always seemed to be a forward always tracking back. Like Kira Delaney made a run there at one stage and she literally tracked right back nearly to her own full back line. Then like she nearly kind of went in, took a breather. Neve Brennan came out, she did the same. She went in, took a breather. Somebody else came out and did the same. These girls want to work for each other. That's what it looks like. They really want to go out there and they want to perform their best for each other. And I think with every game that's coming on, I think they're getting stronger and they have this real like drive and this real belief in themselves. And, you know, I just think that... They're so young and I'm sure John, like, I can't imagine there's any hardship when you're training these girls because they just seem so focused when they when they go out onto the field. I think when you're kind of looking at it and we spoke about, we just mentioned it earlier, I think Fanula Carr and Eve Dealey is going to be a serious battle but you will be expecting Eve Dealey to come out the better of that. Like Fanula has been there an awful long time and that's an absolutely no disrespect to her. She has been one of the stalwarts for Down Camogie for many, many a year. She's just been phenomenal. Her sister Sarah Louise is there as well but Fanula, I suppose like she's a really strong athlete. Neve is a serious athlete as well, but I think Neve Neve is definitely going to have the pace on her. But you know, Fanula is one of these players that she's going to completely dominate. She mightn't necessarily step up on Neve. I think she's potentially going to probably step back a bit and just literally control everything that goes on the full back line and her half back line. She's going to dictate everything around her. She's a serious woman with a serious paw to catch a ball, and she's got a great striker. Like you know, I have nearly nightmares of this one just plugging a ball out of nearly the half back line and driving up half forward and scoring like serious points um, Sarah Lee's car as well she's going to have to be kept an eye on too she got player of the match in the All-Ireland semi-final there last weekend I would be expecting her in around the half forward line not, not 100% sure on that but I think when you look at the strength of the half back line that James Stevens have I think that they're going to be able to they're going to be able to pick up um, pick her up anyway but like it's not just like who Clandoff have I think Clandoff are going to be very cagey about coming up against this James Stevens team like I really really do like they have talent on every great blade of grass on the field like and I think like when you look at their subs that are able to come in and just slot into the game and like give an exhibition of Camogie I think that's where Clandoff are going to be you know they're going to be weary about and they're going to be nervous about I think the fact that Clandoff have obviously gone into and played an All-Ireland club final in 2018 and won it they'll be kind of nearly fancying themselves to go that one step further again and you know get back that All-Ireland title but I think they're going to be very, very cautious and they should be very, very cautious of James Stevens. I think James Stevens are probably coming up in under the radar, you know, nice and, you know, confidently. And I think to be fair, 
like I think if they're going to go on the stats on it, I think they're probably going to say that Clondoff are going to be the going to be the favourites going into this oh, they game. Will be but favourites, all right, yeah. I, like I th- and I think that's probably the way the lads will want that if if you were honest. But I think James Stevens are going to. I think they're going to come up there and they're going to be. I think they're going to give probably the performance of the year that we're going to see out of them. They're just getting better and better with every game that comes along. Crow Park is a big, vast, wide open space. Um, same size as the Kells Road. Um, we see what they've done when they utilised all of the space against Raharney and St. Bridget's out there as well. Space is something that James Stevens thrive on, yeah. um, especially with the, the running game that they have. So Crow Park is going to suit them. Yeah, I think it's going to... Like I think if anything it's going to probably suit James Stevens over Clanduff definitely when you look at the pace there that you have like just even in Emma Minogue alone Michelle T and you've got Neve there Sophie Keir Delaney Rachel Lahey and Emily Smith like you've got serious pacemakers there and I think you know all that space and like even like I know the other day you had kind of Sophie was sitting aside you Keir sitting aside you had Rachel sitting inside but like once you give them that space they're turn and go and the way they're able to just take on their player and that's something that they're not afraid to do is just take on their player all the time I think that Crow Park is actually going to suit them a lot better and I think that you know they're nearly going to get that little bit of enjoyment out of having all that space in front of them and you know it is going to be a bit nervy and it is going to be you know a bit agonising probably for them at the start but as uh, Teasy and Mary said there all they have to do is literally just go in and um, get grips with their surrounding and just you know focus on what's at hand and just play it as if it's another pitch technically it is I mean it's a big pitch I know, and obviously we, we you have the palaver but yeah it's, something it's still only a piece like of grass it. like yeah. and you know you're dead right there and games are there to be won the whole lot but it is the AIB All-Ireland Intermediate Club Final Clondove versus James Stevens on this Saturday the 17th of December live from Crow Park at a quarter past four and myself and Anya will be there live with KCLR 96 FM bringing you all of the action as we have throughout this year's campaign as well and we are certainly looking forward to it. Obviously the other big game uh, which we need to mention as well is going to be Sarsfields of Galway and Lockheed Shamrocks. Uh, Sarsfields going for two in a row um, as well. They were possibly going for three in a row but Owlert put a, a stop to that in uh, Nolan Park um, last year. Uh, before their Leinster campaign as well so Lockheel back at the big stage again great for them yeah. and Antrim Camogie are on a high at the minute they certainly are and I suppose Lockheel are probably you know the shock winners to come out of the Ulster campaign I suppose everybody would have been kind of looking at Schlock Neil thinking that they were going to you know retain their Ulster title but I think Lockheel Shamrocks has certainly been coming on a high and you know they're, they're not going to be they're not going to be fearful of this if anything Sarsfields you know kind of have a tag on their head there and there's going to be a lot more pressure on them but I think when you look at the, the depth that's in this Sarsfields team you look at all the McGrath sisters the Cooney girls like there's a serious Serious, serious, formidable side there. They definitely have kind of set the benchmark for senior club Komogi over the last couple of years between themselves and Schlock Neil. But to be able to um, repeat that consistency and get to an All Ireland final every year is definitely something to be looked at. And you probably would have to favour favour uh, Sarsfields going into this game. And I actually fancy uh, Lockheed. Of course you would. I, well, I do, mm. because, I mean, they came up against Drum and Inch. Drum and Inch was a good, yeah. fancied team, to be fair. And to be fair uh, to Drum and Inch, they actually lost a couple of players this year through to other, you know, commitments and a, a couple of girls having babies or whatever. So, like, this, that Drum and Inch team probably nearly shocked 
I don't want to say shock themselves, but they like they nearly pushed themselves over the limit when they were missing a couple of more players, and you know they'll probably be very very disappointed that they didn't get over the line there in the All Ireland semi final. Yeah, well, I know Sarsfield have the experience. Obviously, yeah. you're playing many uh, an All Ireland title uh, or final in Crow Park and winning the titles there as well. But I don't know. I just uh, I fancy the underdog again, and there's just something about Antrim Camogie at the minute that they're mm-hmm. all on a high, and obviously the draft fixtures have been sent out as well uh, during the the last week, so we know of all the inter-county games that's going to be played uh, next year and Antrim are going to be playing in senior and intermediate yeah. next year as well like that's a huge boost for them going into a final as well yeah like it's crazy to think that they only formed a junior team last year or the year before yeah last year so they had won the intermediate the last year, year previous year before, yeah. formed a junior team won a junior All-Ireland and are straight back up intermediate and yeah. have their team competing very very well at senior level as well like just goes to show the strength and the work that is going on up there and you know it's kind of no wonder that Lockheed Shamrocks kind of came out of Ulster this year and you know having to beat Schlock Neil who were going for their what fifth fourth or fifth Ulster title in a row I think up there yes that's not easy no. going either like but yeah fair play to them all but that one obviously is the senior uh, club final that's going to be taking part at 6.30pm on a Saturday evening and as we said that will be broadcast live as part of the new package that was agreed between the Camogie Association and uh, RTE Sport obviously as well to get that done but as we said it's a pity that the intermediate being in Crow Park is not being done as well but as we said we will have live and exclusive coverage with ourselves on the radio it's been a busy year at least we'll get a couple of weeks off now shortly when uh, this final is over before we head back into the inter-county season again but it's been a, an absolute pleasure to be going around to all the matches and for doing the podcast it's hard to believe this is season 3 we're only at this two years and this is our 18th episode um, tonight as well so hopefully we'll have number 19 next weekend but the very best of luck to everybody uh, involved in the weekend um, there was a humdinger of a game I have to mention as well and that was the under 22C final that was played yesterday in Piltown uh, and Danes 4 coming away with a 11 points to 10 victory against Poor the Roar and Steve I mean, they only scored one point in the second half yesterday and I was talking to Bordy McCavanagh afterwards as well and she was dejected um, after it. But uh, Danes Ford and their second half performance definitely uh, was deserving of that. And it was nice actually to play in a field that was a bit of sunshine in. Yeah, hard to believe because it's... <laughs> Compared to the frost was yeah, in it like the, the on Saturday as well. But yes, all good. Right, I think that's about it and summing everything up. My thanks to Brian um, and all the gang here in James Stevens for hosting this special podcast here this evening. To Ken, of course, and all of the crew back in KCLR for supplying the gear and everything to be out on the road. And while we mightn't have had it all working in perfect order, I think we've done an okay job for our first rodeo being out on the road as well. Uh, my thanks to all of our guests, to Anne and to Angela Downey, to Mary Fitzpatrick and to TT Brennan, and of course to John, Mary and Brian here in front of us but as usual to uh, my colleagues here as well to Lil who does all the production in the background behind me I'm sick of nearly writing notes and she's nearly sick of getting notes at this stage but she keeps me nice and sane and to Anya as usual for being here for every beck and call don't forget as always download wherever you normally get your podcasts they are available you can go right all the way back to the beginning and hear how James Stevens got on and through all of our predictions as well and hopefully as we say we wish them the very very best of luck at the weekend and that is it from ourselves here in Largefield this evening until next weekend where hopefully we will be hosting the All-Ireland Intermediate Club Champions it's goodbye from myself and Anya thanks bye bye
This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey.